you're not going to have Brother Ryan sitting there by your side pulling it up on the screen for you. <laughs> Amen. But you'll have your Bible. Amen. You'll be able to look to your Bible and, and, uh, and so forth. And actually, that goes along with what we're going to talk about here tonight a little bit. Anyway, I want you to go to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at a very familiar scripture. Once again, we've ministered on it numerous times during the over the years. But every once in a while, it's good for us to go back and hear the word again. And so that's what we will do tonight. Mark chapter 4, we'll look at uh, the parable of the sower. And maybe we'll have just a little bit of a different take on it tonight than at other times. And, uh, you know, I just ask you to remember me in prayer. For some reason, I have just had this pesky little cold for about three weeks. It's just nagging. You know what I mean? It just hangs on. It's, it don't stop me from doing anything. It's just irritating me and uh, I'm losing my voice. And, and as a result, my throat is weak and my ears are clogged. And so, uh, brothers, help me out. It's not the sound, guys. It's just I can't hear myself with this cold in my ears and so forth. Um, praise God. Amen. Mark chapter 4. Verse number 3, we'll read a few verses, and then we're going to drop down and we'll continue to read in Mark chapter 4. So starting in verse number 3, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now drop down to verse number 14, as the Lord gives us the understanding to this passage of Scripture, the sower soweth the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately. When does Satan come? Yeah, immediately. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world And the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Well, you're familiar with this passage. I'm sure you're familiar with this uh, parable that the Lord gives uh, we certainly see the three characters, the three uh, elements of the story. We have the sower, we have the seed, we have the soil. The sower is the Lord, the seed is the word, the soil is our hearts. Amen. These three things work together to bring about a good harvest. Amen. The word is delivered, the seed is planted, we have good ground and so forth. We find four different types of ground. There's the wayside, there's the stony ground, 
there's the thorny ground, and then there's the good ground. Okay, so those are the four uh, soils that represent belie- uh, people's hearts and how we receive the word and so forth. But I want to view those, uh, view this passage in maybe just a little bit different way, if I could. And I want to look at rather four types of word. Four types of word, okay? Uh, The first is the stolen word. The second is the tested word. The third is the choked word. And the fourth is the fruitful word. All right, we're going to talk about it in our lives. You know, is God's word producing the fruit in our life like it should? You know, have you ever have you ever thought about that? Thought, well, Lord, you know, I I'm heard this scripture, but it just doesn't seem to be working in my life, and so forth. Or have you ever received the word, uh, but then you have trouble of what I call retrieving the word? Uh, you've heard it, but you can't seem to be able to pull it back up and have it function in your life. You receive, but cannot retrieve it. What do you do, uh, or what you do with what you hear, makes all the difference. How that we hear and how that we receive the word. Let's get into it a little bit deeper here. The stolen word. When uh, they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word out of their heart. Steals the word out of their heart. Let me tell you something. The word must be pretty important. Because the devil wants it. He doesn't want you to have it. If the word of God was of no value, the devil wouldn't seek to take it from you. If the word of God had no power, the devil wouldn't seek to remove it from you. But every word of God, every word of God is worth stealing. Worth stealing. That means the devil values every word of God. That means we should value every word from the Lord, right? Every word from the from his uh, from the scriptures and stuff we should value. Amen. What you do in the moments after you hear the word of God makes the difference. Makes the difference. I was looking up some statistics. And, and I'd seen these in the past, and I wanted to refresh myself on those. Ironically enough, talking about what people remember. What people remember. Listen to these studies. This was a study that was performed by a neurological uh, institute. It said this, people remember 10% of what they read. 10% of what they read. They remember 20% of what they hear. They remember 30% of what they see. They remember 50% of what they see and hear. They remember 70% of what they say and write. And they remember 90% of what they do. The secret to... uh, Having the Word of God not just in our hearts, but being able to retrieve that and to be able to exercise that in our life is not just hearing it, amen, but it also includes writing it, and more importantly, doing it. How long does it take 
for us to put what we hear into action. If we do not act on the word of God immediately, I want you to know that the devil is there immediately to remove it from our lives. Amen. You see, the devil wants to steal the word of God. It's sown into our hearts. Amen. But the devil wants to remove it from our hearts. Why? Lest that we believe it. And it produces in our life, whether it be for an unbeliever, lest they believe it and are saved, which is the the fundamental uh, understanding of this passage. But even for you and I, lest we believe it and our life be changed. Our life be changed. I want you to know the Word of God has power to change our lives every time we hear it. Every time we have an encounter with the Word of God, it could change our lives. So then why doesn't it change our lives? Because too often we are careless hearers or we, are not, we do not have an immediate response to the Word of God. The Bible says in John 10 and 10 that the thief comes to steal, right? He comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy Of all the things that the thief comes to steal, amen, I'm not sure if there's anything that is more valuable or more life-changing than the Word of God. I want you to think about this. The, The devil responds immediately to the Word. He responds immediately to the Word to try to steal it. Amen. So that means before he tries to steal anything else from your life, Before he tries to steal your joy, your peace, your health, your finances, your family, or whatever you want to fill that blank in with. Before he tries to steal anything else, he first comes immediately to steal God's word concerning that matter. Amen. It is the same as trying to to disarm an alarm system before you rob a facility. When you take away the defense mechanism, the building is then vulnerable to be robbed. Amen. And when the devil takes the word from your heart, he takes the one thing that you have to resist him with. The one thing that you have to fight him with. Is that right? Amen. Whenever whenever the devil came against Jesus, how did he resist the devil? The Word of God, right? It is written. He immediately used the Word of God. And we know that the devil didn't, uh, couldn't steal the Word from the Lord and so forth. And therefore, the devil was defeated by the Lord. Amen. But what happens when we hear the Word of God? What if you hear a Word of God about uh, a, a topic or a situation that applies to your life? Amen. When we are slothful in applying that Word, when we are careless just to hear And you know what? You may think you have a good memory, but I'm telling you, we don't remember as much as we think we remember. Amen. And some of us are remembering less every day. You know what I always tell? I say, man, my mind's like a steel trap. If it's in there, I mean, you tell me something, it's in there. Unfortunately, I just don't know how to unlock that trap. I can't get it back out. The thief comes to steal. Amen. Why does he want to steal the Word of God? Because the Word of God is the basis of everything we believe and everything we know about God. 
Amen. You think about it. Anything that you know about God, where did that knowledge come from? The Word of God. Any belief that you have, any faith that you have, any, any doctrine that you hold to, where does it come from? It comes from the Word of God. You say, well, I heard somebody teach about it. Yeah, well, they taught from the Word of God. Amen. So everything that we base our life on, everything we base our relationship on, everything we know about our God and believe about our God, it comes from the Word of God. So if He wants to uh, detract, detour us or distract us or even defeat us, He has to remove the one thing that helps us. And that's the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God. The Bible says this in Romans Chapter number 10, it says, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, when we are saved, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. Amen. And as a result, our life is changed. Do you know that the Word of God works on that principle even after salvation? Amen. That when we hear the Word of God, we believe it in our heart, confess it with our mouth, and it changes who we are. It converts who we are. Everything we receive from God comes through this principle of believing and confessing. Amen. But when the devil comes, he wants to remove it from our heart before we can act on it. And so it becomes a stolen word. How many times has the devil stole the word from you? Well, let's think about that for a little bit. How many times have I went home and thought, what a great sermon, only to find a week later I cannot remember What that preacher preached. Huh? The object is not to go home and say that was a great word. Amen. But I want to encourage you to become uh, uh, actively involved with your Bible. Bring your Bible to church. Take notes if you have to. Write in your Bible or listen to it again. Yeah, you don't even have to. You, you can listen to it online, the sermon and stuff. Amen. That is actively engaging yourself with the Word of God so that it will become a part of who you are. Otherwise, the devil steals from us. The devil steals from us. And he steals from us every service. He does. He steals from us every service. Amen. So we see the first part is represents the stolen word. That the thief comes immediately to steal the word. The second thing that we see here is the tested word. That they hear, they receive the word with joy. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, or the time of temptation, or the time of tribulation, they fall away. There is a short-term conversion or there is a short period of time when that word of God is active in their life. Amen. And if the devil cannot steal the word, then he will test the word. Amen. He will test the word. The Bible says of Joseph that when the word of God came to him that he was tested because of that word. Amen. You will say, I believe this word. You know what? The devil is going to check to see. If you believe the word. 
He is going to test that word to see if you really do believe. Amen. But just as Joseph, amen, we can have the word of God rooted in us, amen, so that we will not fall away from the truth of that word. During the time of testing, whatever test we go through, whatever trial we face in life, amen, it is the word of God and ultimately our faith, which is based upon the word of God, that is being tested, right? Amen. So if he can't steal it from you, he's got to get you to doubt it. He's got to get you to question it. I mean, he did it in the very beginning with Eve. Hath God said. Hath God said. So if he can't steal the word, he'll make you doubt the word through trials. We hear the word, we receive it, but we are struggling to believe it. Struggling to uh, believe it. It's at this point in our life where the circumstances in life cause us to question what we really know about the word of God or even if the word of God is for us. The tested word. How many times have you heard a preaching and you've prayed about it? You said, I'm going to start doing this and only have the devil challenge you on it the next day, right? Amen. You believe it for healing, you wake up as sick as you've ever been. Or you believe it for breakthrough and you find trial, you find resistance or, or so forth. That's, that's the way it works, isn't it? Amen. He can't he steal the word from your heart, you're holding it to it. So he's going to test it to get you to give up on it. How many times have we given up on a word from God? How many times have we let go of a word from God because the trial pushed us uh, to a place where we could not uh, trust God or we did not want to trust God? You see, if he cannot steal it, he will try and test it. Satan even tested the word when it comes to Jesus. When Jesus was tempted, and we know that he resisted him with the word of God, but then the devil then comes back with the word of God. Amen. To try and confuse the word of God. To try and confuse and twist what the Lord has said. Well, if you turn this, you know, you could turn these stones into bread. That's what the scripture says. Amen. If you fall off of this pinnacle, the angels are going to bear you up. That's what the scripture says. So if he can't steal from you, he will try to confuse you and test the word. Amen. And get your eyes off of Jesus. Get your eyes on the problems. The tested word. Many believers are not living victorious Christian lives. They're not living fulfilled Christian lives because either, first of all, they're, living, uh, they're letting the devil actively steal the word of God from them. They are simply listening uh, to a sermon and, and statistics even tell us uh, that we just do not have the ability to retain it all by just hearing Amen. The only way, uh, the way for us to retain the majority of what is preached to us or what we read or what we are taught is to not only hear, but is to say, confess the word of God, and to do, to make it an active part of your life. Amen. So we've got the stolen word, and then we've got the tested word. Thirdly, we have the choked word. The thorny ground. The thorns grow and they begin to choke out the word of God. Amen. Thorns grow automatically. You know that, right? The weeds grow automatically. And whenever the weeds begin to outgrow the word, our life 
uh, the, the blessings of God or the fruit of the Lord becomes choked out. Are the weeds outgrowing the word in your life? Huh? Let's think about that. Is, are the weeds outgrowing the word in our life? We know the weeds are going to grow. So we have to tend to those weeds and we have to pull them up. But we also have to make sure the word of God is growing in our lives. Amen. The Bible declares that the weeds, amen, represent the cares of this life. Oh, don't we have cares? Uh, don't we have the cares of this life? Amen. Are the cares of this life outgrowing the word of God in your life? Huh? Say amen or owe me one, right? Can we relate to that or not? Are the cares of this life outgrowing the word of God in our life? The deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, the pursuit of the things of this world. Amen. What is taking priority? If the word of God is not stolen, and if the word of God is not doubted, but if the word of God is put on a back burner, it still becomes ineffective in our lives. Amen. You might be able to quote it and you may be able to have it, but if it's not as important to you as the cares or as the pursuit of materialism or the lust of the things of this world, it will never produce the righteous fruit in your life. Amen. Amen. Luke's, whenever Luke tells this parable, he says, it brings no fruit to perfection. You live in a state of being unripe. Always unripe. Always not where you should be. Never maturing. Never fully growing into the things that God has for us. The Word of God at this place is not producing in your life what it's intended to. You've received the Word, but you're unable to retrieve the Word. When I talk about retrieve the word, about being able to put that word into action in your life. Because we are too focused on the cares of this life. Man, if we could just have a life without care, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, Someday when we get to heaven, it'll be like that. But in this life, we have cares. In this life, we have troubles. But we cannot allow the cares to supersede The Word of God. Oh, how we need God's Word. Oh, how we need the strength of His Word. Oh, how we need the power that His Word produces. And it is, it is the sword of the Spirit. It is the thing that we use to resist the enemy and fight the enemy. That's why he wants to steal it. If he steals our defense system, amen, then he can steal anything he wants from our lives. But if he can't steal the word, he'll get us to doubt the word. And if he can't get us to doubt the word, he'll get us so focused on the cares of this life, amen, that we do not trust the word of God. Amen. But my friend, I want you to know if we attend to the Word of God and we will watch over the Word of God, it will outgrow every weed in your life. Praise God. It will outgrow every thorny bush and every weed that wants to raise its head up. Amen. And you can have victory in Jesus. Amen. The choked word. You see... Whenever we have the word choked out by weeds, that means that the weeds have as much root as the word of God has. 
that the cares of life are as deeply rooted in our heart as God's Word is. It should not be that way for us. We cannot allow the things of this life to take such a deep root in our heart. We have a divided faith. When the, when the weeds are rooted, the cares of this life are rooted as deeply in our heart as the Word of God is, then it produces a divided faith. We partly believe God's Word, but we partly believe our circumstances. We partly believe the truth of God's Word, but we partly believe that there's no way we're going to get out of this problem. And we live life defeated that way. That's not how a child of God should live. I want you to know the Word of God is more powerful than that. We have to understand that this is why this is why bringing your Bible to church is important. I really would love for you to put an emphasis on that. We, we put it on the screens and so forth to be a help to you and to assist, but never to replace, never to replace, and to take notes of stuff. And then when we take and go home and we actively uh, review and look over the notes and then meditate on what was preached upon and then put it into action right away, amen, our retention level goes way up. Way up. And we put ourselves in a position to bear good fruit and to defeat the devil in our lives. And defeat the enemy in our lives. Praise God. So the stolen word. Every word is worth stealing. (laughs) That's what the devil thinks. That means every word is worth keeping. Right? You know what I do? Every time I'm in church, and it doesn't matter who I have minister, and I just got to tell you, it frustrates me when I hear negative remarks whenever somebody's preaching that they don't care for or whatever. I try to find something from every word that comes from the pulpit, especially in our church when I know all the the ministers and brethren and sisters and so forth. Amen. There's something to be received. There's something to be received, but we have to be active listeners. We have to be actively trying to receive that word from the Lord. You know what some people do? They'd immediately turn it off. They say, they say ridiculous things like, if I'd have known they was preaching, I'd have stayed home. Don't come say that to me. Don't come say that to me because it frustrates me. Amen. You know what that lets me, do? lets me know that I'm not doing my job as a pastor because you are still very immature in the faith. And we have got to raise the maturity level of the body of Christ. Amen. To see beyond the messenger, to see beyond the vessel and realize every word from God is worth stealing in the devil's eyes. So it is worth keeping for us. Amen. Amen. He will steal it. He will test it. He will choke it. Oh, but then if we can watch over the word of God, it becomes a fruitful Word, a fruitful word in our lives. How we hear uh, affects the fruitfulness of the word. Amen. That those who hear the word, they receive it and they retrieve it, put it into action. Just as I read uh, the statistic to you earlier, amen. Those that do remember more than those that just hear, amen. And it produces much fruit in their life. It produces on different levels, some 30, some 60, some 100. It depends on how much you want to watch over that word. It depends on how much you believe that word. It depends on how active you are to put that into your life. Amen. But I want you to know the word of God can produce in your life. Part of how it produces 
comes from our understanding of the Word of God. He that received the seed on the good ground is he that hears the Word and understands it. And understands it. Well, I'll be the first to admit, I don't always fully understand every word that I hear preached to me. But if I take that word to go home and meditate on it, study it, read it, review it, you know what? I find the Lord gives me understanding. Pray over it. You know what that is? That is actively engaging in the word of God. But if we just leave and say, I didn't understand a word they said. You know what happens? The devil is there to steal it right out of your heart. Amen. And you'll never gain the victory from that. So it is how we hear and, and understanding that comes. And under, we can actively participate in our own understanding. Amen. We can ask God to give us understanding. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. And we can ask God for wisdom. We can ask God for knowledge. And let me tell you something. The Lord can open up our minds. He opened up the minds of the disciples to understand what it was that he was teaching them. We have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is a teacher. He's the Spirit of truth. And if we take the word that was preached to us, amen, and we, we go home and we think about it, we meditate upon it, we pray over it, you know what we'll find? We'll find that we'll get the understanding, we'll grow in it, and it will bear much fruit in our lives amen he that has ears let him hear it's about spiritual hearing uh, whenever uh, people do not have ears to hear they do not receive when their hearts are hardened they receive no understanding and and the bible says that if they will ever have understanding and hearing that at any time they will be converted they will be changed by the word of god you see this is really the object of every time the, the Word of God is preached, we are looking for change. Every time the Word of God is preached, the object is change. It may change a sinner to a saint. Amen. It may change the downhearted to a victorious believer. It may change the sick to being healed. Or those that are inactive to be inactive, or whatever other change. The Word of God produces change. It's fruit in our lives at any time. Man, it's powerful. It's powerful. I'm telling you, the devil understands the power of God's Word more than we do. He does. Amen. And Jesus was trying to make the message very clear. He said these people's ears, they are, they are plugged up. They are deaf. Their eyes have been blinded. Amen. And their hearts are hardened. And they do not receive the word of God. Because if they would receive the word of God, amen, at any moment, it would change them. It would change them. But as soon as that seed is planted, the one who knows the power of the word is there to steal it. Amen. But if the church could really learn to love our word, come on now, huh? If we could really learn to love the Bible, amen, not just to read it, amen, thank God for readers, amen, not just to read it, but to hide it in our heart, amen, to receive it and then to retrieve it, amen, to put it into action in our life. I'm telling you what, it'll change your life. At any moment and every moment, it'll change our lives. We're to be careful how we hear. If you have ears to hear, you can receive revelation, you can receive understanding, you can receive in a spiritual abundance. Uh, it says that those that have, those that have the ears to hear, Jesus says, uh, to them it is given. What is given? Understanding is given. 
But to those that do not have the ears to hear, what they have is taken from them. The word of God that they have heard is taken from them. So we need to ask God to give us understanding. Luke says that in the this, in this same parable, that they hear it and they keep it. They guard it. They receive it. They hold fast to it. They take possession of it. It becomes theirs. The word of God, when, it's, when you hear it preached to you or taught to you or, or when you are reading and studying it, amen, your heart needs to lay hold of that and say, that has become mine. That word is for me, praise God. And they keep it. And it brings about understanding. Coming to t- and having the word taught to you increases understanding. That's why services like Wednesday nights can be so valuable. Because we take time to just teach the word of God. And there it brings understanding uh, in our lives. Praise God. Meditation on the word of God brings understanding in our lives. It helps us to produce fruit. It gives us good ground. A fruitful word. To meditate on the word. Uh, you know, day and night. Uh, and and it, will, it will help us in that area. And we will bear fruit. Fruit bearing is the proof that the word has taken root in our lives. It, it is the, it's not just talking about it. The fruit is the proof. <laughs> you know, uh, it is the tell-all sign of good ground. Fruit springs up, and then fruit will even increase. Not just temporary fruit, not just an initial fruitfulness. We find that on the thorny ground, there was an initial fruitfulness. But the fruit never matured, it never ripened. And the weeds outgrew the word. Amen. But for those that have good ground, amen, Fruitfulness not only comes about, but then the fruit increases and it grows. It becomes an enduring fruit. It doesn't fade with troubles. It's like a tree that is planted by rivers of living water that bears its fruit in all seasons and its leaf does not wither. It doesn't matter if it's a dry season. Amen. The fruit I mean, the Word of God produces fruit. Amen. Or if it's a spiritual abundance season in your life, the Word of God produces fruit. That distinguishes a good ground, fruitful hearer, amen, from all the others that even in the trials of life, they hang with fruit. Hallelujah. Amen. They hang with fruit. You know why? Because they have valued the Word that they have heard. And they've not let it be stolen. Amen. They've trusted the word that they've heard in the time of testing. Amen. They've allowed the word to outgrow the weeds in their life. Oh, I feel God here tonight. Amen. And they've trusted in the word more than the circumstances of their life. And so now they can stand in a barren time and bear fruit. A barren time and bear fruit. You know who was like that? 
our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ was like that. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, talking about the Lord and the prophecy of the Messiah that come, that he will be a root out of dry ground. That means when he was in this world, there was nothing in this world to sustain him, to feed him, to nourish him. Amen. But his root was connected to a heavenly ground. Praise God. Amen. And he bore fruit even while persecuted, even while crucified, even while troubles, even while uh, being rejected by this world. And you and I can bear fruit likewise. Amen. Because we are not tapped into this world. This world is dry ground. This world is barrenness. There's no nutrients in the soil of this world. There's nothing in this world that can make us grow. But the Word of God, hallelujah, the Word of God is a strength to us. Amen. And it will make us grow. And it causes us to plant our roots not in this world, but we plant them in a heavenly soil. Amen. And the Spirit of God feeds us and nourishes us. Amen. And you know what? It's amazing. You see folks that are in the most trying times, the most difficult times, and yet they are bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Yet they have the victory of Jesus in them. And you scratch your head. You think, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Amen. They're good ground. Hallelujah. Amen. They're fruitful hearers. Amen. They're taking the word of God and trusting it. And it's bearing fruit in their lives. Praise God. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The power of the word of God becomes more than what is sown. It is simply the seed that you receive. What it produces is so much more. So much more. Amen. There are definite benefits to being an active hearer. So we are to take heed in how we hear. Praise God. Go ahead and you can play. I'm going to wrap it up here. Amen. The Word of God. I hope this, you know, this is just kind of, it's good for us to be instructed in the Word of God to help us to grow. Amen. To value God's Word. Please do not uh, discard the value of your Bible. Get used to it, uh, handling it, working with it, writing, taking notes, however, however you can. Some do it in notepads. Some take notes right in their Bibles, whatever it is. Amen. And then review it and stuff because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how sharp of a mind you have to just hear, we cannot retain. We do not remember. And the enemy may steal the word that you're going to need this week or it may not be a word that you need till next month but a fruitful hearer will not only receive but will be able to retrieve that word praise God amen in that hour of need and I want you to know God's word will be true for you and you could trust it and the church said amen Hallelujah. Stand if we could all over the house. Maybe we'll just take time. It's still plenty early here tonight. Take time. Let's come around the the altars here tonight. Can we do that? It's always special times when the body gathers. Come, find your place to pray. Let's talk to the Lord about how we hear. Amen. Let's review our lives. Let's be active hearers. Amen. If the weeds are...